And this week's episode of Studio Inter will be previewing the upcoming games against Real Madrid and Sassuolo. We'll be reviewing the Torino game. We'll be discussing Real Madrid with Haskarim from La Liga Lowdown. This week's Moji, Moratti and Frog. And much, much more. Everything here on Studio Inter. Only on SempreInter.com. Benvenuti, bentornati to another edition of Studio Inter. Uh, we are back after the international break um, and we are back with a three points for Inter against Torino. But before we get into that, uh, we have, I'm going to introduce my panelists, uh, starting with the Sempre Inter preview writer, Mr. Mohamed Nasser. How are you, Mo? I am very well, actually very, very well, considering yeah. <laughs> the result yesterday. So, yep, ready yeah, to get into it. I'm with you. We're going to get into that because you and I have been talking a little bit about this on WhatsApp uh, about the whole. Uh, I'm very positive. I've not been this positive about Inter and Antonio Conte in a very long time. I'm going to explain why. We're going to have a debate about that too. And we're also joined by uh, our very good friend in London, Mr. William Beckman. Sorry, I'm just picking myself up the floor after you said that you were feeling positive about Antonio Conte. And Inter. <laughs> I haven't heard that. Well, I'm going. <laughs> no. No, I, well, yeah. ever, to be honest, because I've not had that much to be happy about since he took over, no. because he's just mainly pissed me off. No, but really. but I, I, I am, and I'm going to explain why. Um, uh, and we're also joined uh, by our very good friend, uh, Mr. Fulvio Santucci. Welcome back, Fulvio. It's always good to have you. Ciao, Nema. Ciao, everyone. Good to be here, especially after three points. I'm not used to that. Normally, I'm <laughs> there. <laughs> no, no, we have. We are not used to three. We, we're not used to that at all because it's not been a very Inter haven't won that many games so far this season. Um, and we have a very special guest. Um, he is uh, the. He works with. He's he's part of the La Liga Lowdown team, uh, whose founder uh, David Garrido we had last week. He's part of uh, uh, Pro Soccer, uh, and he does a bunch of other stuff. Welcome, making his studio Inter debut, uh, Mr. Haskarim. Welcome. Really appreciate that lovely welcome, and uh, it's great to be on here. It's it's, it's nice to join you guys and uh, contribute something to this this great podcast. Thank you very much, man. Uh, we're very good. We're very happy to have you, as I said. And I wanted to start with because I mean, you are a real not only a Real Madrid fan, but you also cover them quite a bit, and you're you're really knowledgeable on Real Madrid. I wanted to ask you a little bit about Real's situation because it is a little bit dodgy. From what we've understood, Sergio Ramos is out. It's fifty fifty carrying Benzema. You've got a couple of other COVID players. So I wanted to briefly ask you, could you give us a situation on which players are uh, are available, which aren't, uh, what the situation is, uh, and, and how, how, how with Benzema, etc.? Uh, from, what, from what I can remember, having, you know, uh, recovered from my somewhat mental breakdown over this situation, um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's been bad, man. Like, every time we seem to just get a player, look like they just kind of finding their groove, bam, they hit with something. Um, so, from what I understand, Benzema's touch and go at the moment. I understand he's solo training at the moment. Um, Sergio Ramos, I think, is out um, unless, uh, by and large, a miracle occurs. Um, I think Casemiro should be back by that stage. I know he's clear of his quarantine sort of period from suffering from COVID. Luki Jovic is out uh, due to COVID, I think, off the top of my head. Um, other than that, I think the roster's pretty much as it should be. Um, but I'm not holding my breath because, again, all the, all throughout the season, every every time we seem to just have a, a perfect full house, something happens. Mm, for sure. I'm going to hand you over to uh, Mo. Did you have a question for Haas? Yeah, Haas. Uh, thanks for joining us. I just wanted to ask you, uh, having seen the last match and possibly even having seen Interplay this weekend, um, what do you reckon is the scariest thing or the most sweating thing about Inter uh, for for the Real Madrid setup? Not, not not I mean not Inter in a vacuum, in the particular context of the game. Um, I th- I think the sort of the big sort of you know the bigger point that you guys have is is, is Lukaku. You know he's he's always up up for it in big games. You know and he he brings a lot to the table. You know he's obviously got the physicality side of his game, but he's also quick off the mark and he's a lethal finisher. Um, so of all the players in the Inter squad, obviously, you know, he scares me the most, but, um, you know, the intensity that can come from Inter as well is, you know, it's, it's quite a, a scary thing and Real don't tend to do well with teams that really put them under pressure, which, you know, we've seen Conte can bring to the table when he needs to. 
Um, but, you know, saying that, and as you guys alluded to previously, Inter, like Real themselves, have been very topsy-turvy this season. So I really do think this is a game of who comes into it with sort of the most level. Right. Uh, Will, I'll hand you over to Will. Will, did you have a question for Haas? Yes. Uh, hi, Haas. Thanks for joining us. Uh, I just wanted to, to, to ask again about this, this situation up front, because obviously if, um, if it is the case that Benzema and Jovic are both missing... Um, I was just wondering if, if it was possible that maybe Zidane might try something a little bit different or whether he'll just go with, with Mariano up front. You know, he's got Hazard and Asensio and Vinicius who could be, you know, do some kind of a false nine scenario or if you think it's just a, um, a pretty simple uh, decision given the options available because um, it, it would be, it's, it's a little bit of a, a helping hand for us given our defensive problems at the moment. I did also notice that... Um, Real Madrid are likely to include uh, Hugo Duro in their match day squad, which I would say I'm really disappointed he's not a centre back with a with a name like that. Um, but um, that just sort of gives you uh, uh, an idea of the problems they're having up front. And also, do you think a draw is a good result for Real Madrid? Yeah, it's a strange old situation up top for Real Madrid at the moment. Of course, you know Mariano Diaz he, uh, scored at the weekend against Villarreal, but didn't offer much else. Isn't really an elite option. So to be honest, it's he is the choice for a reason because he, that's kind of where he belongs. Um, and, you know, as, as we mentioned before, Benzema, touch and go, Jovic is just, uh, I think, in, in a quarantine period of COVID now. Um, so, I mean, whether Zidane could, he's, he's famed for essentially uh, throwing a curveball in there. So, you know, whether he even shifts the shape entirely, goes to a, a diamond uh, midfield with two up front. Um, with like a, I don't know, a combination of Hazard and Vinicius up top or something crazy like that, wouldn't shock me. Um, but it's definitely it's definitely a problem, and I, I do think it's going to cause an issue um, because given you know the situation in the group and how uh, how you know bad the start for Real has been so far, uh, I think every game is essentially a, a must-win at this stage in time. Um, so yeah, I definitely say they need three points given the the state of the group. Mm. Um, I'm going to hand you over to uh, Fulvio. Fulvio, do you have a question for Hass? Uh, yes, Hass. Um, uh, we talk about uh, players that are out due to injuries, COVID, and so on and so forth. But uh, Real Madrid uh, bring back uh, an important addiction uh, in the last game, uh, I think. Um, I'm talking about Carvajal. And uh, since uh, Inter seems to struggle with the uh, with the side, uh, do you see him as a key player for this game and for future game of Real Madrid? Absolutely, Carvajal is so so vital for Real Madrid, um, especially for Zidane's system. You know, uh, given that uh, Ferlan Mendy, who's you know in my eyes should be the undisputed starter, at least, and is. Uh, his his offensive game isn't as attacking as obviously years gone by with Marcelo. So Carvalho kind of compensates for that, and you know he's a very good athlete, you know athletic player, getting up and down the field, uh, and really helpful on that right flank. So him coming back is absolutely huge. You know he got an assist at the weekend, as you saw. So um, yeah, him coming back it definitely is a massive, massive plus for Real Madrid, uh, given that he definitely helps out on that side of the defense because outside of him, our options at right back are quite dire to say the least you know Alvaro Abriazola is so painfully average it's untrue and after him I think the standing is Eddie Militao who's naturally a centre-back can, can play in that position but it isn't naturally his and then after him it's Lucas Vasquez who's a right winger and isn't naturally suited to that position either so Carval being there and you know of course one of the best in the world in this position huge absolutely huge so, given the you know, g- given the situation, wh- how do you think this game will go? Uh, do you think Real Madrid will pull one out, or do you think is Inter going to win, or do you think it's going to be a draw, all things considered? Um, you know, of course, the Real Madrid fan at heart, I you know always want the team to win. Actually, I think anybody would, but given how they've been performing as of late, and um, you know the firepower that Inter possess, I think I can see a, an entertaining draw in that sense. Nice one. Well, thank you so much for coming on. And if people want to follow you uh, and your work uh, on Twitter and whatever you use, the floor is yours. Feel free to feel free to plug it. Yeah, it's just a simple uh, at the house Karim. If you want to follow my trollings on Twitter, uh, they can be interesting at times. And I'm sure Nimr will agree with that. Maybe not. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, if you, if you fancy following me, yeah, you know, fire over a follow there. And then, as you mentioned, at the league, a lowdown as well for 
all the content that we bring Spanish football as well. For sure. Thank you so much for coming on, Hass. Yeah, thanks for having me on, boys. Cheers. Take, enjoy, the, take care. enjoy the game. You too. Ciao. Right. Um, let's uh, let's let's talk about the Real Madrid game and kind of the Torino game because that's what I wanted to say. Where I, about the positivity and and it's not positivity as such. It's more an optimism that I haven't felt in a long time. And that is, we were treated to sixty minutes of the worst football we have seen Inter produce, if it can even be called that. Uh, the during the past decade, I would say it was Mazzariesque in parts the first half and but then something happened and when he when when Conte made those substitutions when he brought Gagliardini off and he brought uh, Lautaro on and Inter and, and Arturo Vidal start playing deeper and Barella almost like a flat midfield with Arturo, Arturo Vidal a little bit deeper Barella a little bit advanced but above all Lautaro and Alexis Sanchez playing between the lines in almost like a 3-4-2-1 Inter were in complete control of that game from that minute. And the balance that I've been banging on about on this podcast and online and Twitter that Inter have not had since Antonio Conte arrived, it was there. That game could have gone on for another 15 hours and Torino would not have had a shot on goal. That's how... You know, that, that's how well it worked. And it wasn't one of those things... For me, it was, you know, going into the game, I wanted to see... A good result. Uh, I didn't care about how they played. But given how the game panned out and how Inter came back into the game, for me, what I take away from that is not the result, but actually what worked. And what worked was it wasn't panicked like against Fiorentina, where you know Conte went to a back four, a back three, a back four, and then threw every the kitchen sink at uh, at the opposition. That's not what happened here. He he made changes where Inter completely controlled and dominated and systematically scored goal after goal after goal, and then won 4-2. Now that means, I hope, even though he refused to say it, but we're going to talk about that too, but that may, gave me a, lo- a lot of hope because if he's if he's learned the correct lesson from that, then I think Inter going, not as favourites, but as, I wouldn't, I'm not as negative or, or pessimistic going into this game as I was prior to the 60th minute against Torino. As Will always says on this podcast, Conte's teams are like a marching band. Every single instrument has to work in tune for it to work. Well, against Torino, it, it was in tune. And this, this is how this, this is how the marching band should, 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 should start uh, against Real Madrid, at least in my opinion. Um, wh- what do you think, Fulvio? What's your thoughts? Well, uh, always difficult to understand uh, what happened in the in, in the mind in the mind of the players uh, when you see something like this, when you witness something like this. Um, I think that uh, uh, we had a lot of troubles uh, at uh, a lot of extent, uh, tactically, um, mentally, um, physically, and uh, if you calculate that Torino is actually uh, a team that uh, is struggling a lot. In this uh, in this beginning of the season, and uh, he lost uh, the the best player just minutes before the kickoff. Belotti, of course, um, they lost Verdi as well. So practically, they end up without the um, the without without the, the main the main uh, strikers, and uh, still uh, they were able to manage seven uh, shots um, against two in the in the first half, and that's. For me, that's 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 ridiculous, basically. Mm. And uh, I um, I saw a lot of stuff that uh, I can I can uh, uh, I cannot help but notice that uh, um, it's the same that uh, I I witnessed uh, last year in the um, in the in the summer league um, practically. Um, so that uh, uh, that lack of deep uh, of deepness into the into the pitch. When you have like uh, 30, 40 meters of uh, empty pitch between the defense and the midfield, and uh, that's uh, due to the positioning, especially Gagliardini is struggling to do that. Um, but I think that uh, uh, the key of uh, of the comeback on this game were basically two. Uh, you always, uh, uh, sorry, you already said one of this, which are which was the substitutions. 
um, and for me, the the change that uh, uh, that made a difference was uh, Lautaro for Gagliardini, uh, as you said. But uh, not not for Lautaro, but because Vidal was uh, uh, was allowed to play deeper, and uh, that that makes a huge difference. And uh, for me, the other uh, the other the other substitution that made made a real difference was Skriniar for D'Ambrosio, because uh, when Skriniar came in, it gave uh, just uh, what D'Ambrosio wasn't able to give. And uh, freed as well Akimi from uh, from uh, from this from this cage. When you have D'Ambrosio, Akimi is not free to, to play like uh, like he wants to play. It's like mm. having to sight back at the same time. And uh, this is uh, this is not useful for anyone because uh, uh, D'Ambrosio cannot play like uh, like he used to play. And uh, Akimi is very far from playing uh, on the on this natural position. So this is tactically speaking, uh, I think this was uh, this was what changed the game. Uh, but I think that uh, there's a component of mental uh, relief as well, and uh, that was from Sanchez's goal. Uh, I'm pretty sure that uh, if that, uh, um, or probably back 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 in time, probably if uh, Torino did not score the second goal, Inter wouldn't have won this game. And uh, that's something worrying because uh, seems that uh, we need to uh, we need to suffer a lot before uh, uh, having this wake up call and come back into the game. Um, but uh, the click, I mean, uh, this uh, the team uh, just made the click when Sanchez scored. Like uh, they like they they thought, okay, we're able to score. Now let's let's continue. Let's do that. And uh, this was incredible because uh, Sanchez scored, uh, and after 30 seconds, uh, Lukaku uh, just uh, hit the um, hit the post, uh, and after that, Lukaku scored. And uh, all this uh, uh, all this um, the shots uh, was uh, originally um, was originally born from the from ball retrieved by Vidal by Skriniar. So it was completely different. I think the click was mental. Uh, I'm pretty worried about that because uh, at, at this point of contest project, uh, I expect this to be solved, and uh, I expect the I expect the team to to be in the pitch very sure, very confident, and uh, I expect uh, this to be different from uh, from what I see. But it is what it is, and uh, this time uh, this time went well. Of course, we cannot win uh, like. 15 or 20 games like this, that's, that's for sure. So we need to produce something different. When we are not uh, able to, to produce uh, the, uh, the marching band uh, football uh, that you're talking about, um, we, need to, we need to find some different solution. Or otherwise, uh, it won't be, won't be an, happy, an happy story. Mm. Mo, or where are you on this? Because uh, when we were talking yesterday, I was saying that I was... Very happy uh, about what I saw on the pitch after the 60th minute for those precise changes that Fulvio brought because I thought as they were playing almost as inverted wingers uh, centrally, moving between the lines, allowing Barella and Vidal to dominate and dictate that midfield, which also freed up Hakimi and Ivan Perisic on as on the wing on the wings, which is which was which was brilliant. Um, and, and allowed Inter to control the game, something that we're not we've not seen that much. And obviously, you know, a swallow does not a summer make. So we have to see if if this is uh, if this is the real deal, or if it really was a click, or if it was just fluke, or even I mean, and also if Antonio Conte is even open to the idea of changing. But having said that, he did kind of do this with Chelsea, didn't he? With when he played three four two one with Torgen with with Hazard, with Eden Hazard then Pedro and, and Diego Costa so um w- where are you on all of this most um uh, I I don't know uh what to really say I think uh, both you and Fulvio uh, covered that the t- actual t- tactical mechanisms and changes very very well um I love the metaphor of Hakimi being uncaged because really uh, the first half or until Skriniar came, you could tell this guy was was you know a fish out of water uh, to 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 use another metaphor. Um, I think I, I'm starting to think that um, balance, you know, the the balance that we've been talking about, maybe the missing puzzle 
had always been, um, like we had suspected, uh, Vidal and finding the right formation where Vidal can play the best. Uh, and then having finding that midfield module, and we've, we'd always been speaking of that midfield, midfield trio, midfield trio, but maybe it shouldn't, maybe it doesn't need to be a midfield trio after all. Um, but I also, I also like to, you know, dwell upon the fact that it, it, the click, it felt like a, a, a seminal moment in the season for some reason. And, and, and then the mm -hmm. post-match interview with, with uh, Lukaku, you, you kind of got the feeling that, you know, he, man, we were angry that a, a big team should not suffer like this, uh, it's, uh, so on and so forth. So I, I think for some, for some reason, for some whatever reason, somehow the coin dropped, maybe with uh, Conte, maybe with the players as well. But for me, I, I, th I would like to think that we, uh, towards the end of the season, we look back and we say, maybe this was the turning point in the season, this particular game felt important the result and, and the performance felt important to me well that's that i agree with that you see i agree 100 with that but i think that depends entirely on Anto how antonio conte handles it what are the results what are the conclusions he draws from this because afterwards he went on a bit of a a bit of a negative rant on will beckman's absolute favorite person in the world giancarlo Maroc marocchi uh, and started saying mm. that you know this is not a tactical issue at all and and you know the, the the this this is a mental issue and we need to have more fury and and all that and that that bothers me a lot because the, the it's not ferocity that the issue the issue was not has never been ferocity it's been balance um, and the balance was there and he's done this before with chelsea in his first season it's almost reverse his first season at Chelsea is coming. If if he changes, it's ironic. Like as if his first season comes his second season at Inter, whilst his second season was his first. You know what I mean? Like his second season at Chelsea was his first season at Inter. In terms of the the arguing and the bitching and the moaning and complaining, um, so you know that th that could happen. But that depends entirely on him. Um, uh, I want to I want to hear your thoughts on this, Will. Um, first of all, I know you must have absolutely loved when Antonio Conte had a go at Giancarlo Marocchi. Uh, because that just makes you happy. But um, I want to hear your thoughts on on what we've discussed so far. Yeah, I'd love to invite him on the pod uh, if he's got a working uh, <laughs> Skype with a, a microphone. So you can berate him. So you can yeah. berate him. <laughs> I, I wasn't actually watching that yesterday. I just got a, a WhatsApp message from, from our friend James Horcastle that just said, Marocchi, in capital <laughs> letters. So I knew something had happened. No, um, uh, well, the, the game yesterday... Um, like, I think I'm, I, I want to believe that it's going to be a seminal moment, like Mo said. Um, but we will only know that uh, in, the next few, in the next few weeks if this turns into something more consistent. But if we're just taking this game on its merits and not projecting forward, the bottom line is, as I think it was Fulview who said, you know, if you play that game 10 or 15 times, you can only win it once or twice. You know, that, that, that is not a sustainable uh, pattern. Um, and what we need at the moment, having dropped so many points uh, and with so many games coming up here, some kind of sustainable approach to matches. That certainly wasn't it. I don't honestly believe that this this new uh, system that was being used in the final half hour yesterday is something that we'll see particularly often, not least because if you're playing Lautaro Sanchez and Lukaku at the same time, you have nobody on the bench to as, as, as far as offensive changes are concerned, because as we've seen, Antonio Conte doesn't really care for Andrea Pinamonti. Um, no matter how promising he looks. So that's a problem going forward, that um, you're basically using all of your attacking options at once. And also, let's remember that Sanchez uh, is not going to be able to play 90 minutes very often. I think what we've seen in the first few weeks of this season suggests that he can do it every so often, but that he's probably uh, at the stage of his career now where he's most effective in 30-minute bursts. So I, I fear that that's not a sustainable answer. It certainly worked yesterday. And you know, on our last podcast before this international break, we said that Honestly, Conte is the one who is paid the big bucks, so uh, he needs to be. He needs to be have an open mind. He needs to try different mm -hmm. things, and he certainly tried something yesterday that we hadn't seen. So that's certainly a positive. Um, but then, why did the first hour happen? You know that that really concerns me. I, I have to say, if I'm going to uh, put my um, put my two cents in as, as terms of what sort of switched the game, I think it was mental as well. Um, I thought it was very interesting what Fulham said about. Uh, the almost Torino second goal being the moment that won into the match because it was it was very very similar in that sense to the Parma game where after an hour of doing pretty much nothing we we go two 0 down and then immediately get ourselves back into the game 
Um, and on that occasion, obviously, we didn't get the win, and this time we did. But the, the pattern of the game, I thought, was very similar to the Padma match. Um, who knows if that penalty had been given against Padma, maybe we would have been talking about pretty much this game a few weeks ago. Um, so I honestly didn't see too much that was um, that was of much encouragement. I just hope that that, that, that kind of comeback um, is kind of the electric shock that this team needs because you know even with the, the structural and, and tactical and personnel problems that that seem to exist particularly in midfield the biggest concern for me is still this kind of really f- real flatness that you saw in the first hour you know i i still feel like something emotionally is not quite right with this team um it, it's kind of um amateur psychologist to link it to to conte's sort of rather flat demeanor in in his post-match interviews because um but um, but I, I kind of can't help but wonder what whether something's changed in him and whether that's rubbing off on the team. Uh, so that that certainly was not a fear that was that was um, put to rest by that match against Torino. So in conclusion, yeah, we won, but I don't really take much more than that in terms of positives. I'm happy that you're positive because when you're negative, Neiman, you can be quite a, quite a juggernaut <laughs> of uh, pessimism. So I hope that. No, I'm, that you're right. But no, I have to. You know, I, I got to be honest. I, I'm I'm neither pessimistic or optimistic. I'm just realistic and honest about what I see. And and I, I have to interject no, here. No, 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 no. I have I have it's, to. Uh, no, yeah. I am just. Optimi- I am not. I'm <laughs> neither nor. No, no, no. I'm I'm neither nor. I just say <laughs> what I see. I don't know. He's not saying that you're a you're a pessimist. He says when you're pessimistic, you're a bit of a pessimistic juggernaut. There's a difference. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. I'll allow it. But no, but seriously, what I what I mean is that what I've for me, it's not been about the performances really or the results as much. It's more, I mean, last season, sure, football is a result sport, and at the end of the day, that's all that matters. But Inter have never really been balanced under Conte, and that's been a concern of mine. And I've raised it time and time again. And what I saw was 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 especially the way that Marotta, the whole situation. Let's get into that as well. Christian Eriksen is going to leave Inter. There's no doubt about that. Now, when he leaves, and and he will leave in January, what? How Inter handle that? Now, do they bring in uh, Zdravko Kuzmanovic's Art- Argentinian brother uh, or twin, Leandro Paredes, which will force me to tilt, or do they invest that money by bringing in Gervinho and Olivier Giroud? and kick Pinamonti and bring in one more midfielder with the characteristics of someone like Locatelli, that is a different story altogether. And that will make me a very, very happy man. Because this, if you're going to play this 3-4-2-1 that, that he played, Gervinho is, is perfect for that. Because you need, you need six, as, you, as, as Will said, you need Alexis Sanchez because he, he can't play 90 minutes. So you're going you're gonna to have Perisic, Sanchez, Lautaro, Lukaku, Giroud and Gervinho. Those six players cover all of those three positions and you can rotate which Conte loves to do and which you have to do when you're playing this, this, this intensely. That, that's, that, that's, you know, that, that, that's how I see it. Because as, as far as the Christian Eriksen thing is, I'm over it. It's, it. There's no point. It didn't work out. No one, and you know, it, he's, he's not happy. Conte doesn't know how to use him. Uh, he doesn't know how to, to communicate with Conte. Something isn't working there, and it is what it is. Let's just move on, and everyone, you know, wish everyone luck and bring in some money, money to it. But if you're going to bring someone like Paredes, who, who I literally cannot stand as a footballer, because I think he's, I, I, I just don't see what it is. He's, he was awful at Roma. He was awful at Zenit. He, he only plays in Argentina because he, lack of lack of options. And at PSG, same thing there. He's not done much there either. He's a backup player. And, and that, to me, is, 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 is like a Carini Cannavaro kind of idiotic transfer, which just pisses me off to even talk about. But so that's as long as that doesn't happen. And also, you've already got Brozovic there. So what you're looking for is a midfielder who can give you some of the things that you don't have. And again, if this means that Vecino and, and Vecino is probably going to leave as well, if this means that we'd never see Gagliardini on an in, on a pitch for Inter again, fine by me, because he does not work. He's not good enough, and he doesn't fit the system that actually worked against Torino. So that, that, that's that's how I view that in terms of uh, the, the whole Christian Eriksen thing. And as as for the rest of it, it was sad. I th- I think it could have worked with Allegri. It probably would have, but we don't have Allegri, and you got to deal with. 
with with what you have and what we've got is Antonio Conte and it's easier to get rid of Antonio uh, of Christian Eriksen than it is to get rid of Antonio Conte. So, you know, it, it's a choice. They've decided to stick with it and that's great. Uh, so so um th- th- that's my thoughts. I think um look uh, I think uh, Eriksen's got to go like you said it's uh it, it's clear as day it's not working out. But honestly I I I'd like to, you know I'd like to put it a bit on him as well. I mean um uh, the fans embraced him. Uh, his teammates clearly uh, want him to succeed uh, from the interviews uh, that Lukaku get, had given the press in uh, the international break. Uh, it, it seems like uh, Conte in the very beginning was very excited about having uh, Ericsson and was willing to try him in a bunch of different roles. But for whatever reason, it's just not clicking. And, and a portion of that needs to, needs to go on him as well. You know, it's not, uh, he, he's not blameless in this situation. Uh, uh, players need to be adaptable, adaptive. Um, it's been a funny season, of, of course, and it's not the, the best of circumstances to go into a new country, a new league. But um, I think uh, I think the experiment has clearly. I mean, maybe maybe uh, a couple of decades ago, uh, clubs would have had uh, the time to be able to experiment a bit longer and not be under the pre- pressure to deliver, especially with such a high salary. But in today's today's football, you just can't uh, afford to have such a big uh, investment not returning. Um, and like you said, uh, if if the money is reinvested wisely, then I'm all for it because yeah, it's not working out. Uh, Fulvio, what are your thoughts on on everything with Ericsson and, and moving forward? What do you want to see? Do you agree with what I said about the Gervin? If you're going to play like this system, someone like Gervinho. And then you can use Perisic as well. Uh, what do you think? Uh, well, about about Ericsson, I think uh, it's uh, it's pretty it's pretty useless, probably pointless now to to discuss uh, again about it. Uh, I think that uh, some uh, m- some weddings uh, are not uh, made to be to, are not made to work, uh, and uh, there's no <clears throat> there's no clear explanation. Uh, there's a counter responsibility in this, yes. There's an Ericsson responsibility in this, mm. yes, as well. Uh, either way, it, it's, it's, it's not working. It's not working, and uh, uh, I, I mean, w- we see, we see that, that he, we see, we see that it's not working. So it's uh, uh, it's pointless to insist on that. Um, Ericsson needs another, and probably another league uh, to to express himself and mm. continue not the kind of player to express his football basically mm, mm. Uh, we can we, we are going when when this this is this is going to finish we're going to understand uh, um how this how this uh, this deal uh, why this deal were were made in the first place uh, we don't know about that uh, we thought that uh, we could have some quality but it, it did it did not go like that so that's that's what I, what I have to say right now. It's it's not mm. uh, it's n- nothing more. I mean, uh, it's something that uh, should uh, it, it it should it should have, have been like that since the beginning. It was written at some at, uh, at some point. I don't know uh, about the future. Uh, well, uh, all the um, all the scenarios. I think that uh, now depends on uh, what Sensi will go uh will uh, sorry what sensi will uh will do this season because uh, if sensi is not uh is not going to recover uh, never basically from uh from his injuries i think that uh, the scenario will be one but uh, if sensi at some point uh will be able to to be lined uh constantly uh, that would be another another scenario because when Sensi is okay, I think that uh, Inter is moving at a different uh, a different rhythm and uh, at a different speed. Um, I mean, uh, what I expect is that uh, uh, remaining on the on the midfield, uh, Conte highlight uh, a lot of times that uh, he basically don't have um, uh, a midfielder with uh, defensive skills. Apart from Gagliardini, and that's when uh, and and that's uh, what what I expect to be filled, uh, not because I like it, but uh, because Conte likes it. Definitely not uh, not another Ericsson, not not another Trequartista, mm. not another mm. midfield player with uh, offensive uh, skills. I think it's pointless, it's useless. 
so, for example, Van de Beek is not is not an option for the same no. reason. Mm. Um, Locatelli is my is my option. I think Locatelli, yeah. Manuel Locatelli, would be perfect. Why not? Why not? Yes, it's um, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it, it's the kind of profile that actually I was expect uh, I was expect Inter to try do something for Locatelli during the summer uh, session, uh, but was. It wasn't like that, but I think that's uh, that's one of the players that uh, that could uh, could interest Inter and could interest Conte. I mean, uh, we were talking uh, all the summer about Conte, and mm. uh, this is what the, this is what Conte wants. Uh, he wants wants a midfielder with uh, with defensive skills because uh, we need we need to we need to align uh, a new Gagliardini, which is way better than Gagliardini. Mm. Yes, I think that's that's clear right now. About uh, about uh, what uh, wh what is going on with the strikers? Uh, uh, it's difficult to understand. Uh, Gervinho an option probably, but uh, I'm not sure that Parma is going to get rid of him uh, in uh, in January. Uh, I'm I'm not sure about that. I think that uh, um, Inter need. Uh, my opinion, Inter needed to to add Giroud uh, like in the last January because. Mm. They were the chance, and I think that uh, this th that addiction uh, at the end of the day could uh, increase um, the chance the chances of Scudetto uh, last year, uh, and uh, that that uh, uh, that space remained vacant at some point. So uh, I, I expect this uh, to to be done, like uh, uh, a striker, of course, and a defensive midfielder. Um, I'm, I think that uh, this is what uh, is uh, required uh, in the immediate. Let's uh, let's see how it goes. Uh, let's see uh, and let's see if we are able to uh, go ahead with the Champions League, uh, which will make a, a huge difference on the Mercato uh, funds. And uh, let's see. But uh, I think that defense and midfielder and striker are the role that are requested now. Mm. Agreed. Will, I want to hear your thoughts on the whole Ericsson thing, because, I mean, it's over now, isn't it? So, as closing arguments, so it were. Yeah, Marotta pretty much confirmed that um, in his, uh, his pretty much interview on Sunday. So, uh, for sure, that I think when we, when we talk about Ericsson, it feels like we're talking about an ex-Inter player already, um, which is very sad. But, um, look, clearly this hasn't worked. He wasn't Conte's request. Conte likes number tens as, as much as you know Rigo Saki did, so it, it's not <laughs> it's not going to work. Um, and he'll he'll go away, assuming that there's a an acceptable offer on the table. I don't think Inter are going to be sort of desperately pushing him out the door if someone comes on comes along and offers ten euros. I don't think it's quite that bad, but yeah, that's certainly the most likely scenario at this point. Um, I'm not entirely um, comfortable with the idea of getting rid of Ericsson permanently, let's say that someone comes along and signs him permanently in January, when we have really no guarantee whatsoever over Antonio Conte's long-term future at this club. Uh, I hope that we don't get into a situation where we sell Ericsson, Conte leaves in the summer, and then the new manager asks for a number 10. That exactly. To pull my hair out. Exactly. But this is what I, this is my wor this is my worst fear, as yeah. I said last week. This is yeah. literally my worst fear. Yeah, and this was yeah. classic Inter, by the way. Classic yeah, Inter. Classic Inter. Yeah, classic Inter. Lovely Inter. So you know, uh, I that that you know that would make me think carefully about the at least uh, the the price at which I'd be willing to sell Ericsson if I were Marotta, because I don't think it would shock anyone if if Conte left next summer. I mean, it probably would be more shocking the the opposite if he were to stay on. So. It would be very galling. Um, but on the other hand, you look at the, the players that have been signed. You look at the uh, and you look at the the way that Inter have gone all in on sort of trying to satisfy Conte's request as much as they could in a in a COVID-affected mercato. It's clear that this is we are making a big push this summer to uh, this season to try and win the league. So if getting rid of Ericsson frees up funds for somebody else to come in, uh, complete the midfield puzzle, and and push us towards the league, then maybe it doesn't matter as much. But you know, that's that's a bit of a risk. But it, it seems like that's the risk we're willing to take because, you know, in, in, in a in a in a financially difficult period for, for all Italian clubs, you can't really afford to have someone on Ericsson's wages just sitting on the bench. You know, it, it doesn't make any sense. So no. um, I think uh, I think the most likely scenario is what is what Fulvia said. A defensive midfielder comes in, possibly a, a backup striker, which would be very helpful indeed. Um, and and Ericsson 
disappears and, and I'll and I'll sort of quietly take down my Christian Erickson shrine that I erected <laughs> in my bedroom in January and as, I'll, as cross, long, I'll cross him out on the as as long calendar. as that replacement is not Leandro Paredes, I am fine because that would that would that would if you think I'm a what was it a juggernaut of pessimism, yeah. that that's that's a that's a breeze. I'm a flowery child walking running down the meadows happily what before if if that will happen because that is just no it cannot happen that is that is carini cannavaro territory for me like i just have i have one more statement to make obviously the the real um uh, indicator of christian erickson's future will be uh christmas morning when all the inter fans unwrap their 2021 inter calendars as their christmas present and we discover whether or not he's on the calendar because uh, that seems to happen every year. People <laughs> deducing people's futures from whether players have been included <laughs> on the inter calendar. Uh, I'm looking. I'm looking at November at the moment. I've got De Vrij and Skriniar smiling at me uh, in my mm-hmm. room. Good. So um, I think they're safe for now. That's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Thank God for small favors. Um, so yeah, basically, I, before we move on to the Sassuolo game, I wanted to briefly just ask us, uh, just say a, a prediction for the Real Madrid game. I'm going to caveat mine. If Antonio Conte plays and and balances his team in, in in a similar way to those last 30 minutes against Real Madrid, Inter will completely mop the floor with Real Madrid. I think, like, completely destroy them. But if he goes back into this three-five-two with Gagliardini being some sort of cambiasso, then you know his cambiasso, then Inter will not win. Uh, it will be a draw. So I'm hoping that Conte knows what he's doing. I hope that he's learned the correct lessons. I hope that that whole post-match uh, thing about with the back and forth with his former teammate Marocchi was just a theater, Italian TV theater, uh, and that he's not that uh, that he's not that. Um, self-destructive uh, because I honestly think that something happened uh, against Torino and there there is something to build from there but you just got to be clever enough to harness it and treasure and 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 and, and f- carefully feed that into some you know you got a seed there you need to you need to water that's that that seed um but if not and he thinks it's business as usual then we're in trouble uh what about you Mo what do you think yeah uh just around Madrid game huh I think it's a it's a win. I mm. think we're gonna get we're we're gonna get the the three points that we so desperately need. And um, yeah, I I don't know if it's going to be a, a mop the floor with them. I, I I reckon it's probably going to be much closer. But I think uh, we're due a win in the Champions League. I think uh, this is a, a good moment, and I think it's a good moment to be facing Real Madrid in particular. Mm. For sure. What about you, Fulvio? Well, what are your predictions? Of the Real Madrid game, a lot of goals, definitely, um, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> um, yeah. I will, I, I, I'm not sure that uh, that it will be a win. Uh, I would probably go for a two 0 for Real or Inter. No, two 0 oh, for Inter. Okay, cool. Um, what about you, uh, uh, Will? Yeah, of the, of the matches that are coming up this week, for some reason, this is the this is the one I'm more confident for. I think that we'll win this match. Um, if you don't beat Real Madrid now, then when on God's earth are you ever going to beat them? Um, I saw a stat um, earlier that uh, when Sergio Ramos has been missing, Real Madrid have lost seven of their last eight Champions League games. So uh, that's uh, a nice precedent. That the attack is decimated, as we discussed earlier. Um, and you know, there's no choice but to win in this match. So I'm hoping that the the emotional boost that we got from that half an hour against Torino will carry us through this match, and um, and then obviously we'll lose to Borussia Mönchengladbach to undo all the good work <laughs> next week. But we'll leave that for next week's part. I yes. think we, I think you know, we're playing this match on the the 25th of November, and it will be 22 years exactly since Inter beat Real Madrid at San Siro in 1998. Uh, Bag- they won 3-1 at San Siro with Bag- goals from Baggio and uh, Zamora. Yeah, I was watching some of the goals earlier. So I hope that's a good omen. I think we'll that win. was 2-1. Uh, that was probably, I mean, Fulvio can correct me if I'm wrong, but it, that was Baggio's best performance in an Inter shirt, wasn't it? Uh, yes, definitely one of the one of the best. Uh, I was there, by the way. No, was- I'm so jealous. 
<laughs> so jealous. Yeah, I was there. I was there, and uh, yeah, I remember incredibly perf incredible performance uh, from uh, Baggio uh, on our side and the Clarence Seedorf on the other side. Mm, uh, sure. It was, uh, but it was it was a, a great a great night, and uh, I think that uh, it was uh, the same uh, was the same day, like twenty five of November. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was saying. Yeah, it was it was the twenty fifth of November night, so uh, and, and Wednesday yeah. is the twenty fifth. So that's the the omen that I'm clinging to for. Uh, Although we don't have Baggio. Yeah. And <laughs> oh, God. Even today, I think Baggio wouldn't let I think to some extent, uh, this Inter is, uh, is better than, that, than, than, uh, than the 98 Inter. Uh, but uh, Real Madrid, uh, it's, uh, it's not like that. I mean, I mean, that Real Madrid was incredible. Yeah. Uh, so I, 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 I'm pretty optimistic about, uh, about, about this. But uh, I don't know the the, I, the the truth, guys, is that uh, I started to not getting so confident about about Inter. Uh, anything could happen every game, so it's uh, I, I don't know how to predict this. Mm. No, yeah. I agree. which is not where we thought we'd be with this Inter. No, no, it's exactly. It's like I was I was saying this la last last week uh, on this uh, last episode that after 15, 16 months, this is this is not good enough. Uh, for Conte, but I'm, but again, I'm, I'm, I don't want to, I don't want to overanalyze it too much. But I really, really liked what I saw in that last thirty minutes, and and I think there is something to build from there. And we'll have to wait and see. I mean, Wednesday night, we'll see. Um, on on Saturday afternoon, three p.m. local time, CET. It's sus probably the most informed team uh, together with Roma uh, in in the Serie A. It's Sassuolo uh, who hosts so much talent in. Berardi, who always scores against Inter because he's an Interista, and apparently when you're an Interista and you play against Inter, you have to score against them. Um, and then uh, you, with with Boga, who who is very good, and of course Locatelli, who is probably after Barella it, the best Italian central midfielder right now. Um, and th that's that's an interesting game. I I as Will alluded to a little bit earlier here. I am I'm more confident going into Real Madrid than I'm against Sassuolo. And I'm worried about this game. I really am. Um, I think that if what Insta... What's wrong with this team? <laughs> more confident against Real Madrid than against the <laughs> bloody green and black army. This is how schizophrenic Inter are. Like it's, this is, it is FC schizophrenia. And, and, it, it, and it is, you know, it's not Pazza, it's schizophrenia. And, and, it, and it is, it is it's, it's absolutely true. And, and, I, and I know you're all laughing because you know what I mean. But I'm worried about this. I, but, and I, but I do think there's going to be goals to had in this game. Um, uh, it depends on how it goes midweek. I think the Zerbi is a good coach. I think this is a little bit of his graduation thing. I mean, because with all due respect to the teams that uh, Sassuolo have played, they've not really played any of the big teams yet. And um, well, they won at the San Paolo, didn't they? In Napoli. Yeah, fine. But aside from that, it's not been it's not been Juve. It's not you know it's not been you know it's it's not been the good. And now now they're playing. I think Roma's and uh, Inter uh, on the trot and, 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 and Juve. But we know we, we do know that whenever, you know, Berardi won't play against Juve for some reason. He's always either injured or suspended every yeah. time. Fastidio Muscolare. Yeah, it's, 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 um, it's very interesting how that always works out. Yeah. But leaving, leaving those uh, conspiracy theories to, to, uh, 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 alone, um, I, what do you expect going into this game? And what, what do you think you're going to see, Mo? Um, so I would like to go uh, um, um, a bit deeper into this uh, game in the latest later segment I'm, I'm doing. But what the hell playing Sassuolo in the early game at the Mape on a Saturday? This is like the worst trifecta. We might as well bring back the third, the, the, the red, the, the third red jersey for this match. There's no <laughs> way we're going to win this match. It's cursed. It's absolutely oh, cursed. Kit. <laughs> or, or the sprite kit yeah i mean look i hated the I red one got, even i think i've still got this. that somewhere good grief I, thought, there, I, I, there's got, no... I got given that that shirt for some reason. we have no chance this is this match is <laughs> when mr positive might, might as well says... really might as well not uh, not uh, <laughs> just... but it's not a 12 30 kickoff mo that's that, that's the good thing <laughs> at least yeah i mean it's you know <laughs> Silver linings. If it, if it was a tw if it was a twelve thirty kickoff, 
Inter would lose 5 0. Like, it's just yeah. Yeah. <laughs> two red cards and penalties, and I don't know what. But yeah. Mr. Positivity's uh, positive spin this week is for kickoff time. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not even. Not even. Not There's even. no positivity. Not even. There's no. no <laughs> we don't have a chance th- to win this th- game. This is, a, this is an unwinnable match. There is no. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> No two ways about it. The, positive, Look, the, the positivity is that we know we're going to lose, so we don't have to be yeah. stressed about it. So we don't be dis- exactly. We're not yeah. going to be disappointed. We're not going and, to. And we're going to beat Real Madrid, so it's not going to really matter that much, you know. So it's good, you know. But uh, <laughs> but this match, three points lost. I, I looked at the schedule, you know, and he was like, uh, "That we're playing on Saturday." Uh, like, oh, it's Sassuolo, isn't it? What time on Saturday? What? The afternoon game? You know, I... <laughs> okay. Um, Fulvio, where, are you are you, are you Mr. Positivity? Have you taken over from Mo this week, or are you, <clears throat> are you also thinking that this game is unwinnable? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it's pr- pretty unwinnable, I think. Sassuolo is a sad story, guys. It's uh, it's this uh, this uh, the, the Mapei Stadium. Uh, it's uh, basically into the fog, uh, so it's creepy and it's scary and, uh, and all the things happen. Uh, I I don't know. Probably probably we are still uh, cursed uh, by winning seven nil like uh, mm. Matar's uh, curse. Yeah, six six seven years ago. I don't remember. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's uh, but uh, all jokes apart, it's it's very difficult to to go ahead with uh, with Sassuolo uh, right now. Uh, I mean, you can because uh, Inter is as a better quality uh, team, and at, at some point we need to tell this uh, because it's true. But um, we have a lot of uh, struggles in balance uh, since all uh, all season now, and uh, if you concede this uh, to to a Derby's team, uh, it's uh, it's very difficult that you can go ahead with. I think that uh, you mentioned uh, Lucatelli, you mentioned Boga, but I think the key player for Sassuolo is Juricic mm, on the sure. on the track. Yeah, and uh, last year, if you remember the um, the draw at home. Mm. Uh, we were ex- we, we we witnessed exactly the same thing that uh, we saw uh, in the match against Torino. So the this uh, great uh, spaces uh, between the midfield and uh, and the defense and uh, the trequartista, which was Juricic uh, last year and would be also uh, in uh, in the next next game, could uh, really do anything anything he wants if uh, if we're not. Uh, uh, solving this kind of uh, this kind of issue, so let's see. Mm, mm. I'm not optimistic. Uh, I'm not pessimistic, uh, but I think that uh, generally it's uh, uh, it's 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 a game that it's very difficult to go ahead to to win basically. I just I just hope that Manuel Locatelli shows why Inter have to buy him. I hope he has a fantastic game. And the, that the silver lining is that Conte I, and Marotta understand. That, but... No, no, I do because I want I want him at Inter. If he goes to Juve, then you know. <laughs> if he plays well against Inter, we'll turn up on January the first at Carnivali's door and he'll ask for seventy million, and then that'll be that. You know what yeah. Sassuolo are like. <laughs> yeah, true. Not gonna get it. You, know, you know what? I, I will I will take a loss being outplayed by Sassuolo any day. Over those ridiculous matches. What's the name of their goalkeeper? channels in his inner Noya, and and and, <laughs> and you know, the 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 crossbar seems to you know drop down a couple of inches. I just th- this is certainly the, not the match I want to watch. I really don't mind losing. I've given myself you know I, I've surrendered my, my myself to to the loss. But at least if we lose, let it be in a dignified manner, not in yeah. a frustrating like. Uh, Pull what little hair I have uh, out of my head. <laughs> Will, what, what, what? So I guess it's going to be a, a poker, as the Italians say, of 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 cautiousness, to put it uh, mildly. Is it, or do you? Or what do, What do you think? Yeah, I've, I've just been cheering myself up by looking at Inter and Sassuolo's head-to-head records over the last seven years. Um, <laughs> We went, we went on a run of six defeats in seven league games against them at one mm-hmm. point. No, hang on. Seven in eight, sorry. Just yeah. seven defeats. But we are unbeaten in our last three against them. Mm. So That's good. Know, maybe the tide has turned. No, I, I think we'll lose this match. I <laughs> you know, I, there's, I, I'm, I'm not even 
going to dress it up. I think we'll lose. Look, it's like, even if we didn't have this hoodoo with Sassuolo, they are probably one of the most convincing teams in Italy at the moment. Yeah. Um, they have got a very, very clear identity, which is something which we do not have. Uh, they'll have had more time to prepare for this game. We'll have, we'll have tired ourselves out um, uh, playing Real Madrid less than 72 hours beforehand. Uh, yeah, I, I think it'll be a 2-1 defeat and... Um, and we'll be back to square one after our heroic midweek victory, uh, unfortunately. And uh, I don't think Locatelli will come anyway. So it'll be, it'll be a, um, a, a sort of mountain of crap on uh, Saturday. <laughs> Lovely. Um, let's, uh, let's move on to the part of the show. Can we get where... on with this Moratti, please? Yes. <laughs> let's move on to the part of the show where we pay tribute and rip the piss out of it. Criticize something or someone in the world of football heavily, heavily, starting with the positivity, which is incredibly positive this week. It's very moving. And it'll be presented by Mr. Fulvio Santucci. He's, he works a lot. He's intelligent. And... He surprise uh, people sometimes with his uh, ideas. Not easy to find one person of this uh, qualities. Yes, so this uh, this week's Moratti is basically a tribute uh, that uh, I pay to a friend uh, that is not with us anymore. Um, his name is Gabriele, Gabriele Porri. He passed away last week and uh, was he was a great interista, uh, historic of Inter. He wrote a couple of books in Italian. If you're interested, just check it out on the Amazon section. Uh, and uh, uh, yeah, basically he, he passed away after a long disease. Uh, he was just 51 and uh, with a family and uh, an 11-year-old kid. So basically this could, uh, mm, uh, this could seem like a very sad story. Uh, and it is actually. But uh, here when the positivity comes, here when uh, the powerful comes because uh, since uh, Gabriele was so known into the inter community and because of uh, his activity that uh, is basically go uh, ahead along a lot of fears into the forums, uh, into the social networks, uh, into the websites, um, uh, the, the, the profiles, uh, uh, the major profiles uh, uh, into the Twitter of uh, the inter Twitter uh, just organized this money box uh, directly headed to the family. And uh, this was uh, organized by um, accounts like uh, Bausha Cafe, Fabrica Inter, Il Malpensante, which uh, you should have confidence with them if you uh, mm -hmm. just follow uh, Italian Inter Twitter. And uh, everybody gathered together for this, uh, for this cause. Um, <clears throat> and uh, the funding was uh, incredible. Uh, the answer was incredible. Um, the, the funding is now at 30k euro, 30k. Wow. Yeah, and uh, it was launched on the, uh, I can remember it was probably Thursday night or Friday night. Uh, and in the last, in the first two hours, uh, the funding uh, reached like 5k euro. Uh, in, incredible. And uh, the incredible thing was that uh, not only the inter supporters uh, show uh, the love for Gabriele, but also um, supporters from other teams. Mm. Also the enemy of Juventus uh, joined, uh, joined the funding. And uh, it's incredible to think that uh, uh, you normally you see Twitter like uh, um, people that uh, bark with each other and get angry and uh, enter into argument and fight uh, all the day. <laughs> About, uh, about tactic, uh, about uh, uh, three defense, uh, four defense, uh, and uh, Ericsson, uh, yes, Ericsson, no, it's Conte's fault, uh, and so on and so forth. But uh, they show how powerful it could be when, when everybody get, are gathering together like a, like a real community. And that actually happened. Uh, mm. Everybody just uh, answered uh, in the way that they can, but uh, everybody made uh, a great, great demonstration uh, of uh, what, what really means to be part of a community, what really means to be part of an inter-community, and uh, what, what really means to uh, utilize the social network uh, in a healthy and uh, fruitful and concrete way. So I think, uh, I think this, was, this was incredible, and Gabriele himself wouldn't, wouldn't believe if, uh, if we're going to tell him about this one day. 
Mm. So yeah, this I think this is the uh, well deserved Moratti of the of the week. And uh, absolutely, here 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 here. And thanks everyone. And thanks everyone for the great support. Absolutely, it was it was very moving to see the the response from everyone. <clears throat> I saw it was it was up in last time I checked like a day ago it was in twenty two thousand uh, euros, and now it's over thirty thousand. It's 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 absolutely fantastic. So thank you for everyone who organized this, and thank you to everyone who donated. I think it was amazing. And yeah, I thank you. I thank you. Sorry, Nima, just let me add. Thank you to Inter because uh, the picture of, of Gabriele was shown into the yeah. uh, yesterday in the match. So even Inter made a little part in this. Mm, for sure, for sure. Here, here. Right, let's move on to something much more comical. This week's Frog, which will be presented by Mr. William Beckman. E clamoroso! Autogol di Ranocchia! Yeah, I, I need to caveat this with a little apology because um, it's actually not this week's. It, this happened, it came to light about a month ago, uh, but I forgot to use it at the time. And uh, I don't want to forget to use it because I was I, I was reminded of it this week. So um, this was actually a few weeks ago. But anyway, it'll be our frog of the week. But we'll, 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 we'll repurpose it. Um, this week's frog is uh, Inverness Caledonian Thistle. They play in the Scottish Championship, which is the second tier of uh, Scottish football. And um, they had a bit of a mishap with one of their matches uh, a few weeks ago. Um, so the, um, the they were trying out uh, they were they were streaming their match against Air United uh, on a uh, pay per view basis um, because obviously fans can't go into the ground at the moment because of uh, because of coronavirus. Um, it was open to season ticket holders uh, and those who paid a one off ten pound fee. So this was an opportunity, just much like we we had in the, in England with Premier League matches uh, and as we still have with football league matches, that uh, you can pay a fee and you can watch your team at home, even if it traditionally wouldn't be on television. Unfortunately, this, this didn't go quite to plan because um, the, the, yeah, the Scottish Professional Football League, they, the league organised the, the, the camera for this match um, and they used a high-tech um, robot camera, which is called Pixelot. Um, so it was it wasn't being op uh, human operated; it was being operated sort of it was a sort of artificial intelligence camera, and this this caused a problem because the um, it was trained to follow the ball this match, so that it was just you see you, so there would be no replays; it would just be sort of tilting from one end of the pitch to the other to follow the action, and so they wouldn't need humans to operate it. But unfortunately, uh, the linesman John McCrossan um, threw a bit of a spanner in the works by uh, well being bald essentially so uh, the camera kept on sort of dark sort of swerving away from the main action and focusing in on the linesman because they were it was mistaking his bald head <laughs> for the ball um, so, uh, the, and as a result some of the action was missed including the build-up to air united's first goal it was a one-all draw so pretty much half the entertainment in this match was missed um, and so some angry fans came on to Facebook to, um, to 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 vent their frustration at how their match viewing experience had been had been sort of compromised. Someone said, "Ditch the terrible automated camera and get a human to film our next match. Also, get any bald linesman to wear a hat or a wig in the future, as the automated camera thought his head was the ball too often." <laughs> um, so they've started up a a campaign to uh, to to fit bald linesmen with with hats and wigs. That that's um, uh, that's a shame for them. And uh, yeah, I, I haven't actually found an update on this, but I'm assuming they fixed it since then. But this this stream did have 1600 people. So a few weeks ago, we had 1600 uh, angry football fans sitting down to watch their team. And instead, they were getting a nice view of uh, a man's bald head gleaming in the autumn <laughs> sunshine. So um, this is the definition of a frog. I'd yeah, say. exactly. <laughs> right. So, right. Let's <laughs> move on to something much more negative this week's uh, Modji, which will be presented by Mr. Mohamed Nasser. I have to say, I uh, feel a bit uh, <clears throat> personally attacked as a bald man by that uh, frog. <laughs> We've got two people. You're not Fulvio a linesman. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, you're making it. You're making Just... enemies here, Will. <laughs> both both linesmen. <laughs> 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 
old lives matter. <laughs> so, this is the problem. It, 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 they mattered too much on this particular afternoon because <laughs> we kept having to... They get on to look at him. Oh my God. Mole. It's a good job they didn't have Spalletti on the touchline. <laughs> Jesus. Mole, Mole. Go, go, emoji. <laughs> my, my emoji of the week is clear. I, I mean, I, 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 yeah. I've spoken yeah. about this extensively. It's the look, I, I feel like Hakimi without a screener, if I'm not allowed to swear on this podcast, especially <laughs> if I'm doing a, uh, if I'm doing emoji. It's playing <laughs> motherfucking Sassuolo on a Saturday early. <laughs> This is my module of the week. There's no other module. No, it's... Sometimes they pick themselves. Yeah, they, yeah. they do. They sure do. I, I, oh, I my God. Special, uh, to, to bring this module to, to life. <laughs> no, it's, it is. It's, it's Sassuolo is, is one of those games that, you know, um, I, I, as I said, I mean, 12.30. If it's a 12.30 game, it's done. Like, there's, there's no point in playing it. Send the Primavera. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Rest the prima. Do do what Mourinho threatened to do, where in in his first during his first season. Um, so yeah, no, that's thank you a lot. Um, uh, thank you to Haskarim. Uh, thank you so much, Mo. Thank you very much. Always a pleasure. Uh, thank you, Mr. William Beckman. Thank you. Let's hope for three points. I'm not going to ask for six because we've already discussed the length. That's <laughs> not going to happen. <laughs> Mr. Grazie Fulvio. It was a pleasure as always. Don't be a stranger. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Uh, pleasure for me to be here. I will be back soon. Promised. Good. And as always, I'm your host, Nimatavale Ruzzari, wishing you six points, despite all the stuff that's going on here today. Uh, good week, health, stay safe, and sempre e solo forza. Thank you.